it's Sarah here and welcome to Served With Love, a podcast with a mission to elevate and celebrate depth through conversations, theme chats, Q&As and more. I'm keen to give your depth and my depth a powerful platform to jam all in the service of love. Thank you for being here today and thank you for being served with love. Welcome back, everyone. First podcast of 2024. I'm interested to see how it's feeling for all of you. There's lots going on. And Beth is joining me for this first podcast again to delve into the the year so far, into some themes that are collectively playing out, both um, that we have been experiencing, but also been seeing in clinic with a lot of clients and collectively in the world. So we're going to explore some of those themes. We're also going to be speaking to a question that came in around boundaries in interpersonal relationships, and that really feeds into what Beth and I had in mind to chat about based on our themes of this year too. So excited to delve into another chat. Beth, welcome back. How are you feeling? How's your year going? Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Um, Yes, my year is... It's going uh, well so far. I um I think we covered last year that my theme, because I don't do resolutions, was to go slow. Um, and this year's theme is to be awake. And that has been good, but problematic. I'm not that busy at the moment. And it's about noticing things. So I've had a lot coming up. So when I'm not busy, there's only so much you can clean. There's only so much you can walk the dog. Um, until you have to spend time with yourself. So it's been a really interesting, thoughtful, being awake (laughs) entry to 2024, I guess. For someone like you that has such an active mind, creative solutions, doing, planning, which your work would obviously really be important for that, integral to that, because again, there's so much you could do that at home. Um, That would be quite interesting. And it sounds like it feeds into this theme of being awake because the space, that uncomfortable void, would naturally lean you to having to be aware of different things without that distraction. Absolutely. And when I came up with those words, they keep coming back to me in these moments of, oh, my God, I've got nothing to do. I've got no work on. What am I going to do? And it's like, just be awake um, and listen. And that can be pretty uncomfortable. So you don't do a word for the year? You do a theme? Yeah, I just can't never break it down to a, to one, one single one. word. Mm-hmm. Um, And that just kept coming up for me, Um, be awake, be awake. And I was like, I love sleep so much. But no, it just kept coming up. So I was like, nope, that's it. It's about noticing and feeling. Um, And that's all noticing and feeling how I feel at the moment. So that's an interesting one. How about you? I love it. That just reminded me of that I actually did a word for the year, which, you know, usually lasts about a couple of months and then I forget about it. But right now I'm fresh with the word for the year, which is leap for me, leap. Uh, and at the moment I feel like I'm the rubber band um, getting prepared to trigger into flight. Oh. So I feel like I've been, as soon as I said leap, which is quite an extroverted word, right? Um, it's amazing how my process, my being, my energy then really pulled me into being quite reclusive. So I'm obviously in this preparation phase but I can feel the rubber band. There's a word. How do you describe it? The rubber band um, starting to Tension. wind up, wind up um, for this year. 
So we'll see how far I get with leaping. I guess that's like like an affirmative yes to things and expansive probably are the qualities that are associated with that. But, um, yeah, right now it's, it's the preparation phase for that leap. No leaps yet. Oh, leaping sounds so fun to me. Like I think of leaping as in leaping through the air. Like I saw a jump for joy in my head when you said that. So that's Bungie I jump. Love, yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, like leaping off. Don't just stand to leap off. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. I'll keep you updated. Excellent. Well, you had an interesting end to 2023. Um, lots of rising of the phoenix and I was going to check in and see how you were feeling now and how that's sitting with you as you're leaping. Yeah, I had a lot of feedback from those couple of podcasts where uh, I shared vulnerably, but I, I never feel vulnerable in it. I always just trust that what comes out is is hopefully beneficial for someone who's listening and there was lots of feedback uh, that people could relate. Uh, I think also it brought down some curtains or boundaries uh, of seeing me as human and understanding that I too go through these situations that challenge me. And, you know, some people are like, oh, I had no idea. I wish I knew. Uh, but again, I, you know, I, I'm, I happily work through things in a way that's quite private. Um, so it was, it was really, um, really wonderful. There's a, probably a better adjective to describe it, but it, it felt good sharing it because I know it touched many and people have said that they enjoyed listening to how we kind of highlighted some of the points because they could relate in their own way. And that's, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, yes, there is storytelling in it, but there's also these realizations through chatting with people like yourself that, that ignite something in someone else's experience that they can relate to and, you know, uh, might offer them growth and change as well. So where am I sitting now? Well, I certainly felt that after that kind of Phoenix moment, we talked about the rubble, um, that there was nothing in me that wanted to take any skerrick of that 2023 energy and feeling into the new year. Like I felt it viscerally, Beth. There was like my cells didn't want to carry memory or um, attitudes, behaviours, the way that I was having these touch point moments with life last year. And so I had to do almost like a stock take and go, right, what's willing to come with me into this year? which would require telling a new story and what needed to completely just, you know, be put into, into, you know, the past, the history books. And this is everything. And I did the stock take across every part of my life. Uh, And that's been really wonderful to come into a, a clean slate into the new year. I have felt very introspective and I was called, I think there was um, a new moon, was it on the 11th or somewhere around that 10th, 11th of January. And in that moment, I was called to go into this 40 day kind of dieta, which I had no idea around. I just heard these kind of concepts and uh, reached out to a mentor to really guide me through what my body was calling me to do. But that dieta is around healing my neglect wound and really finding some ways to be supported um, in myself, the scaffolding within myself to then take that into the outer world in more connectivity through relationships or new, new, new things in my life, new troubles, whatever it might be. Um, so that's been the focus of me really developing a strong sense of core and self to then leap into what wants to be painted on that canvas 
this year. So what does your dieta look like your 40 days? Is that a practice that you do or? Yeah, so I began working with, um, there's a beautiful tree in the park near me. It's a bottle tree. And that was calling me late last year as I was going through all of this stuff. And I didn't really think much into it. Uh, and then the bottle tree, which is a derivative of the boab tree, has an Australian bushflower connected, essence connected to it. So I started using that. And then when I heard that 40 day, um, 40 day, 40 night principle in my mind, which, you know, is, is usually a time connected into great masters that have done a similar pilgrimage. Um, and, you know, so there's a real spiritual purpose to doing a 40 day practice or, you know, and every different uh, tradition has a different way of looking at this. And so I'm, I'm keeping it very simple in general in terms of my own mortal kind of interpretation of what I hear. I, I heard 40 days, 40 nights, and I heard dieta. I hadn't heard, I hadn't, I'd heard the word dieta, but I had no understanding of what it meant. Um, so it made sense that for 40 days I would visit the bottle tree um, and it would be the reflection of my neglect wound and creating this um this unbreakable, unconditional, you know, reciprocity through visitation. Like I committed to visiting this beautiful tree and receiving its energy and having this exchange for 40 days and, you know, halfway through almost, I think I'm day 19 today, which is really fascinating um, to be talking to you about this at my halfway point because the journey has been really interesting. I've obviously been journaling what I've kind of experienced in each moment, but my mentor was very clear in saying, you're going to be a different, like this is going to change you through this, you know, dieta with the, boa, the, the bottle tree and really mending those neglect wounds and, and feeling safe to have a relationship with something that's um, that we're both, you know, we're showing up for each other, I guess, the tree. And anyway, it's it's hard to put language around it, but that's been the process. But in that process of real internalizing and having this diet with the bottle tree, I've kind of let so much of the external stuff fall away in terms of connections and relationships. And, you know, the level, most people understand that I do invest a lot in people and relationships and uh, I happily give energy, but this has been a real interesting process for me to completely put back. Like, I guess I'm in like neutral or first gear. There's just no investment into my connections because I'm really giving myself that opportunity to focus in on uh, developing those foundations, which were upheaved last year happily. And so that's been a really cool experience. Yeah, it sounds very cool. I look forward to asking you in another 20 days um, how this dieta has gone. I've never heard that word before. Mm -hmm. So it sounds mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, a dieter, obviously, you can hear the word diet in it. So in, in the Americas, they would use that when they're going to ceremony, they would they would have a particular diet in preparation for those those processes. But, you know, in modern ways, we can have a dieter with plant medicine or a flower or a tree like I'm doing or, you know, something that wants to be more concentrated. And when you have a diet of something in concentration, you really can connect and receive its messages and its guidance you know, I'm having a soul relationship with this bottle tree and connecting into the guidance that it has for me um, and letting everything fall away. You know, it's a real isolation of the beautiful medicine that wants to be distilled from that. And, you know, I'm excited to delve into this chat with you today, Beth, because in that silence, it does bring up all of these things that are wanting to be navigated through around um, my ability to feel safer in connection. So um, I'm sure we'll get in and explore that further in our conversation. Yeah, well, I'm going to jump right in because I think we have an awesome 
story, like it's our own story to share around this, around connection and um, just around that safety and feeling. So if you don't mind me telling um, the story is that um, Sarah and I had a moment. So we had a moment where we both felt really unsafe in our relationship um, and I can hand on heart say that I let Sarah down in our relationship and I got, I sent her, there was like complete disconnection. I went back into my old patterns, which is my professional patterns, and instead of saying, hey, I miss you, are we good, I sent Sarah a message that said, hey, are we going to podcast? So I kept it so high level. So if we just get back and podcast together and answer a few more questions and things like that, everything will be okay. And Sarah sent me a message and said, let's talk. And I just felt this beautiful sense of warmth and I was like, yep, I'm calling you now. We need to have this conversation knowing that it would be a beautiful fixing conversation. Um, But I think that really leads into this whole Mm. relationship and Mm. what you've been through and your expectations. Um, Yeah, this how the timing of things for me doing this dieta, uh, I, I let a lot of things fall away and it was interesting to see what kind of brought its like what brought itself to life to navigate through and that example was one of them where our communication failed us and um you know the way that we then tried to reach back into each other's lives was probably from places of ego and old patterning and it made me really look at what my values are in in relationship and two words that really stood out were consideration and communication Um, because consideration allows me to feel safe because someone is aware of you know, what's important to me, what my values are uh, and how to really navigate based on my story. And of course, I'm really only going to lean towards people that that can have an awareness of of stories and understanding and, and, you know, that trauma understanding of how to really support people in safety based on past relationship trauma and patterns. Um, so consideration is a big one for me that a person has the opportunity to put themselves in another shoes and you know, create that just as I would do for them. And communication is that ability to really acknowledge, um, okay, yeah, I am, you know, busy with the kids and the family and doing all this stuff. And so I, I see that I'm not going to be able to show up for you um, in this moment. And, and when people are real, like for me, it's just truth and realness. You could tell me, oh, shit, Sarah, I've just, you know, done robbed a bank and I wouldn't care what the storyline was. I just want the honesty. I go, oh, fair, cool, totally. All right, you've got a lot going on for you, Beth. I'm just going to leave you alone. And like, I, it's you know, it's not, you're in prison, <laughs> right? You're in prison because you're in prison, and there's no way we're going to talk. But it's not like, oh shit, you're robbing. Like, it's never. I couldn't give a shit about storylines for people because everyone is moving through their own life. But it's the consideration of the experience of what someone is going through and how that then. Uh, impacts upon another's experience too so consideration communication really came up as important kind of concepts and when we were moving through our stuff I was like oh because when we're not able to find that level of consideration it means that there's um there's an ego at play and remember the ego comes in when there's vulnerability or there's wounds because the ego will always show up to protect us and keep us safe uh, versus, you know, stepping into truth and being vulnerable. So consideration really requires a lack of ego um, versus all of the protections and 
that the ego wants to bring in. And, you know, to really be beyond the ego, we need to feel quite centered in ourselves. And that really impacts upon our ability to connect in relationship generally, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think the learning in for me is I sit so much in that. I think I'm a communicator, but I sit so much in that ego communication. And, mm. you know, since like you and I catching up, I was like, you know what, I've gone to type certain text messages and gone back, 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 back space and actually written what was going through my head without yes. putting that ego layer on it. Um, and gosh, it's good. Like it's, it's very, very freeing. So do you know what I mean? It was, it was very big learning for me um, mm. in how I communicate and, you know, what's going on for me in terms of, you know, just be vulnerable. Are we cool? Yeah. And like, for me, it's, the it's learning, an easy message. Yeah. And for me, the learning was in the repair, you know, the ability to trust that, um, as soon as I said, let's talk that you showed up so beautifully and fully and apologetically, and, you know, you took full responsibility, uh, and the repair was on. And again, that's that community, that's where your communication shone when you were given permission to really sit in the truth of situations that allowed that repair to happen. So, you know, again, it's not so much about what was done or what wasn't done. It's all in that consideration and communication piece. And when we are, when we choose our ego, it comes at the expense of considering another, you know, we're self-protecting and sending the other out into the ocean to drown or, you know, like it's, it feels, that's the othering concept, you know, that separation, that's, um, you know, that's a real unconscious way of connecting with another. And for someone with relationship trauma or relationship wounds, there's a real sensitive perception of that separation. And it's like, because I will feel it. if someone chooses their ego to self-protect versus the capacity to sit in consideration, and there's probably room at the table for both of those in a yeah. communicator, but when someone so clearly will chuck someone, you know, under the bus in terms of protecting themselves, that's where it's like, well, that's othering and separation. And I think that's an invitation for all of us to really wake up to where we bring in the ego in self-protection versus at the expense of another. And Beth, I really feel that to be able to understand that concept of seeing the ego come into self-protect versus being able to have empathy for another situation requires connecting to self. Like it really requires understanding self. And I think this is a benefit of the diet that I'm doing. And by the way, everyone needs to find a tree. <laughs> everyone needs to find their own tree and visit it regularly and really, you know, build a relationship that's sturdy and grounded and rooted in nature because nature just, nature knows, <laughs> nature knows its stuff, like nature's it. You know, we, we've got to look more to nature and its patterns and processes. But, um, yeah, that was a and really I love, I love that about the tree because I do think we always look for something more external. Like we're looking for the oil or the card or the, like we're looking for all of these external things that we need to go and buy. So when you told me about the tree, um, and just for context, I have a daughter that talks to trees um, and listens to trees and she has full conversations with them and she has since she's little and now she's 13 and still talks to trees. So it's always been a thing in my life. But the simplicity of you going to a tree in your local park 
not going and standing in front of the pharmacy shelf going, I think I need more magnesium or do I need or getting online and going, oh, that's the latest such and such. I'm not going to have cacao. I'm not going to have coffee. I'm going to have cacao. Like I think we look for all of those things. So when you told me about the tree, I was like, wow, that is a tree in a park. It's available to everyone. Just go and visit the tree and you're right there's no instant gratification you know I'm not going to smell the beautiful orange from the oil or I'm not going to receive the you know it it really the the exchange when you're working with something in nature comes from the unseen you know you know the experiences of what you hear and sense and what happens in your body when you're communing with the tree you know I always put my hands on the tree obviously and have a moment and every day is different and you know, what's really interesting about where my tree is that it's it's quite deep within a park. So I've had, you know, grass up to my knees. I've had wet, rainy mud. I've had um, mozzie infestations. You know, there's been all of these things that make it so difficult <laughs> to commune with um, the tree. And it's just, it really creates this metaphor or this like microcosm experience for understanding relationship in ways that maybe I haven't always felt safe to. Yes, I've had all sorts of relationships come through, but because of my relational trauma, I haven't really been able to get the full learnings and lessons when it's you know in those dynamics with another human and yeah I just think there's massive benefits in 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 you know really finding a sturdy place to to create some magic with that yes you're right that is beyond the tools that externalize the process that requires that deep inner experience and connection and yeah nature's nature's just everything for that so so are you reading into any of that because I kind of my mind then went to like just do it, even if it's hard. Like if you're going to get bitten by mozzies, you're going anyway. Doesn't matter that the grass is high and there could be something crawling in it. Um, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, is that yeah. part of it? Is that it's like the, no? You're okay. It's absolutely part of it. The resistance, the difficulty, the challenges. You know, that's that's everyday life in a relationship. It's not easy. And then there's gifts and there's moods. Like I feel the tree always have different moods. I have a different mood. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just been on my feet for 10 hours working with clients. Do I really have to walk down there? And you know, so it's um, you know, it's fascinating. But for me, from a um astrological point of view, the tree is a Saturn, Saturnian guardian. So I'm working with a Saturn energy that that can be a hard taskmaster. So, you know, it's it's okay to miss a day or it's okay to be like, oh, you know, I, I'm understanding the energies of that Saturn presence as well that's wanting to give me structure but has also, you know, got its whip out ready to make it difficult. So I'm making sure that there's a compassionate understanding of that too. Um, and the other thing, astrologically speaking, remember I'm only an armchair astrological person, but uh, my Saturn or Saturn, the Saturn planet is now sitting conjunct. It's sitting upon my moon, my natal moon, like tomorrow or or Friday. And that only happens once in every 30 years. So this has been playing out as a transit for a while, but it literally is the Saturn is on top of my natal moon, um, you know, at the pretty much now and the moon's all your inner world and your emotions and it can bring up depression and you know I look the Saturn came into Pisces where my moon is in in March last year so it's been this 
interesting process of timing that's coming to a head right now to really illuminate my inner world. And Saturn is that that hard task and that disciplinarian structure, the routine that can move us through a lot of grief as well. And so it's just so fascinating when you allow yourself to go with the flow of life and listen, how you can you can retrospectively look to something like astrology or your human design or whatever floats your boat and go, oh, well, that makes sense. But not to guide me, it's only in in retrospect that you can say, oh, well, that's interesting. I was naturally guided to do all those things and it fits the energy of my process. Um, And and that's what's been illuminated for the past last couple of months is that I'm actually doing things that are are appropriate for where I should be. And it's quite affirming and trusting and you can't go back when you've got that level of communication. And I think that's another gift from nature where it just builds your confidence, you know, being able to listen, but yes, back to your point, I am interpreting everything. I journal each day I visit and it's incredible what, um, what you can connect into that experience based on all of the, the moving parts to visiting a tree and touching it. And are you feeling energy when you touch the tree? Yes, absolutely. And different parts of my my body will light up or have different experiences. I can be taken into a vortex, you know, that just being drawn into a tunnel, um, which feels interesting, or it can, you know, make my shushumna, my spine really stand up straight and, and really ground that energy. I can, after your story that you shared with me, the Indigenous story around the Boab tree, I could feel myself being drawn down, you know, like you gifting me that piece of information around the story of the Boab tree, and some of you listening will know it, um, really made me understand what I was standing upon in in that that Boab tree. And it, so it took me down, or the bottle tree took me down. So like you just, it's it, the interface and it, with life is impacting my experience in this dieta. So um yeah it's fascinating it's interesting to talk about there some people are probably listening going what the what so um well, I no I touched fantastic. touched on it really briefly just that feeling of energy and I feel like you taught this to me a very very long time ago that you can feel the energy first in your first thought and the second thought is that ego um and when we had our difficult conversation I felt this really warm loving energy come over me and I was going to call you whereas ego would have gone oh hang on a sec, prepare yourself. Like, what are you going to say? Um, whereas I just went with the energy. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, um, it's part of my being awake and I yes. need to, it sounds like I need to find a tree. You need to find a tree or some, a tree kind of, <laughs> some nature kind of connectivity that is, is, is there, you know, and moves through the seasons and changes and does it so effortlessly and, you know, yeah, yeah. But what, what that process has really solidified in me is this, what I'm downloading around the next course that I'm presenting, which is return to origin and the deep, the depth of the nature component of that coming home. It's, you know, the return to origin course is all about coming back to self to create that level of resiliency sounds like a too masculine word, but the level of uh, interdependence within self to perturb and manage any infiltrate infiltrations, whether that's, you know, our own belief systems, whether that's different people at different levels of consciousness, whether that's EMF, whether that's AI, uh, you know, there's such a time, particularly as women, to come home to the potency of what we hold in our role energetically as the the potential, the potentiality, you know, the expansiveness, the, you know, we hold the seed. And so you know, my relationship with nature through this process with a tree is really 
influencing this course that is coming up at the end of the month, which I'm super excited about. So I'm getting a lot of downloads to really bolstering out that, um, which is exciting too. I can't wait. I'm so doing the course. But when I read it, I the first thing that came to me is how different everyone's experience is going to be. Mm. So when I read through all the topics, I was so fascinated that it'll just be so obviously it's a group course people are coming together and I think that's the joy of your course I loved your mem course for that very reason and the people that we met and that we're in that course with I think we'll always sort of have that nice energy with them but this one is going to be so personal is that how was that planned that way that it's everyone's personal experience because everyone's origin what they're returning to must be so different exactly Exactly. and can you imagine that we're kind of like we're we're on this vehicle, this spaceship traveling around, coming back to these ancient, innate, you know, like, oh, there's words that don't like, there's a feeling that I can't even get the right words for. So we're all kind of connecting into this thing that is the same for all of us, this unity consciousness or this oneness at the very core of our being, but it has our own flavors and, you know, impacts and wounds and samskaras and, and so we're meeting ourselves similarly but differently. And the fact that the whole principle of the course is going to be based upon the cell of life, like the cell, you know, this really, you know, it sounds scientific, but it's the cell. And um, there's going to be lots of processes that we do that guide us through interacting with our origin, our cell, you know, the very first aspect of our life. Um and everyone, you're right, Beth, it's interesting that you picked that up, that everyone's going to have their own unique experiences of how they move through the processes that meet their core. Um, and so, yes, we're on the bus together, we're on the vehicle together, and that, that's potent in itself, but we're going to have all of these different flavours. And that is like a Petri dish of life, isn't it? That we're all from this one same fabric of life, but yet we show up with these different levels of magic and colours and flavours and you know, I think that's going to be an absolutely fascinating thing to explore. And it is so hard to put words to it. It's so hard to market. It's so hard to um, really put it out there. So I'm trusting that people, one, have a subliminal kind of relationship to the marketing or the words. Two, they know me and they know that I show up um, and they're always going to get uh, the best possible kind of process and, um yeah, and I think other people will just feel that it's something important for their process and where they're at. It is super exciting. I'm buzzing. It's also one of these things that I can only connect into. Like if you were to ask me a thousand questions about it, I would struggle to answer because, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I've got a little bit of an overview here that I can like look at, but um, it's unless I'm under the stream of it, it doesn't let me in. It's like it's its own because that was my question. Mm. So um, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing, but how do these courses come to you? Is it you just said downloads or when you said you've been to the tree and you're getting all of these downloads for Return to Origin, um, are you called to put something like this together? Yeah. Like, are you like told that this isn't really important for people? Yeah, it's such a, again, it's hard to put words around it, but um, it comes in pieces, it comes in puzzle pieces uh, and it's it's never anything that I stand under and have the stream of consciousness and put it all in one go. It comes all in different ways and the puzzle pieces then 
come. And then I also have to put the puzzle pieces into an order. Like it's so dynamic in the process. And I could never um, write the template for how I do it because it's so, you know, it's not, it's not me. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so strange. But every now and then I am drawn to sit with it and it's like going into it. I open the door, it lets me in and I get what I need to go and then I come out of it. Um, and, you know, a lot of the structure will be there, but then when we have our, our sessions together in the course, again, I go into the door, I sit under that stream and I have no idea what's going to, I mean, I have the structure that we need to follow and you're going to, you know, it's going to be structured obviously, but what actually comes out specifically is always one, a reflection of what's wanting to come out, but two, a reflection of the group dynamic and energy. And that is a magic mix you know, that's quite exciting to bring those two things together, what's come through me and then adding the ingredients of the energies that are sitting in that space at the same time. So, um, yes, it comes through in puzzle pieces and I put it together. Um, it's kind of interesting because the information comes through, but then I've got Sarah and her brain to be able to make it and my, I guess my teaching background to, to put like, oh, yeah, I can put a title to that or, oh, yeah, there's a process that works with that. So it's this really interesting interaction between <laughs> all facets. But what I have felt is that even though the concepts of like a cell being a metaphor is not new, it feels really unique in the way that it wants to be delivered. So, you know, even I've had the experience of writing new material for my kinesiology courses, but I use Hugo's formats. You know, I'm using someone else's stuff yeah. to bring that all together. This is the first time I've, and, and same with MEM, you know, I was using ancient constructs of energy medicine and things like that, but this is the first time that it feels untouched anywhere in the world. Like it feels so original uh, even though the concepts or the way that it's coming together and wanting to come through feels really original. And um, that's an interesting thing for me to experience in my trajectory of whatever I do. And yes, we need to use language like downloading. And, you know, I'm really aware of the the use of those words in the zeitgeist, but sometimes we need to put words to explain something. So um, yeah, so it's exciting, but look out for, the, I'll, I'll have to start doing some marketing on socials at some point and I'll do my best to put words to it. But if anyone's interested, um, there's more information on the website or just ask me questions. Oh, I'm totally it's pumped. It's meant to be a sales pitch, but it's it's just interesting to talk about it. So thanks for asking. Oh, no, I think it's awesome. I'm absolutely pumped and I uh, look forward to seeing how it goes. Like I'm seeing another podcast in the future is yes. <laughs> seeing how everyone's returned to yes. origin. Yes. We've got lots of things oh. to cover later about how you're leaping through 2024 and how you're staying awake. People, mm. I'm staying awake and return to origin. Beth, I did just notice that we we have to come back to the question that was asked that we didn't touch on um, uh, in terms of a response to the last few podcasts. So I was yeah. asked, um, you know, where, where does boundary settings fit into letting everything crumble and, you know, um, pulling back in relationships and where is there a place for boundaries and what happens when I don't stand up for myself in moments where I should. And I guess to speak to that firstly, and I'll love to hear what you feel your call to kind of speak to around that boundary question too. But in my unraveling of everything, I've really come to recognize uh, this concept of standards versus expectations was I think a lot of times when we're either 
you know, not setting boundaries or doing something where we've got this expectation of wanting to be loved or, you know, connected or we want to matter. So we're very then um, careful of setting boundaries because that might go against our expectation of what we're wanting in that relationship. You know, setting a boundary is is risky for some of us um, that have rejection or abandonment wounding. And so for me, it's like, okay, expectations are often a derivative of fear. And we always get let down when we set expectations. But another way of looking at it, and we'll go back to the usage of boundaries in a minute, is what are my standards? And that might be more a comfortable word than boundaries because sometimes boundaries can be a a, a reactive expression or we triggered someone to set a boundary, you know, out of fear or retribution. Um, And, you know, I invite anyone that feels this to think of what are my standards? in relationships. Well, what's, what are my standards? Not expectations, standards. My standard is that I expect my friends to communicate truthfully and a standard, well, I just said the word expect, but like, the, you know, you've got to be careful things, but like the standards, my standards are this is how I feel in um, a connection or this is what is important to me. Uh, so standards are a way of connecting into what's important for you. But to me, a standard that I set in my unions might be another person's perceived expectation. And I've had this happen to me recently too. Like a standard of mine is that um, someone considers um, what's important, what's an important value of mine. I don't want to get too specific. And then someone has said, oh, you set too high expectations. And I'm like, oh, gosh, bad me. I've set an expectation. That's terrible. I don't really feel that. But versus no, I can pull that apart and go, no, actually, that's a standard of mine. That's a value. Mm. So it's a really tricky area. But, yeah, boundaries, healthy boundaries or boundaries that are expressed in the appropriate ways can be benefited by knowing what your standards are in connection and union. And that means dealing with those wounds of rejection and abandonment that often let those standards fall to the wayside. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, I would totally agree. That very line that you just said um, has, I've heard before, like you've got very high expectations of mm-hmm. me. And it um, hurts. It's like, ouch, ouch, I don't want to hurt. I don't want it. Like it, you feel, oh, my gosh, yes, what have I done? Yeah, it feels like pressure. An expectation is that my expectation is that I'm putting pressure on you to do something and that doesn't sound like a word you'd want to have in relationships. Mm, yeah. However... I have found boundary setting is really empowering in relationships if it's said correctly because I think there's the vulnerability in that, Mm -hmm. the boundary of I don't feel comfortable with that, that's not where I'm at, but would you like to do X, Y, Z? Or do you know what I mean? You're actually needing to put Mm. yourself out there to actually set a boundary. Mm. And so instead of just going along with things, you just go along with it and go, oh, I have to do that. And then be like, no, there's, there's a boundary because that's not good for me. And can you see the difference between a boundary that's set from a fear perspective versus a boundary that is coming from a deep sense of self-worth and self-knowing? Because often it's like a boundary, like, oh, I can't, you know, like a fear, I don't, I don't want to wear this because I might get EMF, like, I don't know. There's, there can be boundaries that are set out of fear versus the ability to, or I don't want to be in a room with someone that's had the vaccine, for example, you know, those sorts of things that can sometimes be a fear. And what what's a, but that could be a standard for someone. That could be a standard. You know, my standard is that I only hang around with people that 
you know, whatever. Well, look, as someone who has health anxiety, I definitely put up <laughs> boundaries as a way of protection um, mm. and then realised that that was just so I could feel in control. So it was like I eat organic food, I only put this on my skin, I make all my own cleaning products. They're fear boundaries. That's um, right. That they're 100% fear boundaries. They're not They're not real things. Um, the universe has a path for me. My vinegar and whatever cleaning products is not <laughs> changing that. So that 100% I can lean into uh, fear boundaries, absolutely. Oh, my God, I love that, Beth. Thank you so much for really bringing your own personal example there. And that's what Return to Origin, well, I, that's what I really want out of that, the ability to untangle from all of that fear stuff and really have that safe, you know, protection because you're you, you know. A cell has a membrane, a phospholipid bilayer that, keep, you know, lets things in and out and it's that awareness that we too have this natural inborn protection that doesn't require some of that fear to be as extreme as it can be. But that's a journey that we all walk through. We, we you know, no one, no one is immune from setting boundaries based on fear or you know, processes based on fear, but that's what I'd love to be able to support, especially moving into the next couple of years that I think are going to be interesting for all of us is to be able to feel super safe with self. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the realisation that it was the fear and the stress of all of those things was killing me more than the cleaning products. <laughs> <laughs> right? So your Sorry. cells are in stress the whole time because totally. you're like, oh, is that natural? I'm not taking that. That's far more stressful than just eat the non-organic sandwich. It's fine. Now that, you can, yeah. Yeah. Well said. I love your pragmatism. Um, and on that segue, we will be coming back for a podcast around that health anxiety that you've experienced. You are in such a great position to really speak to that. And there has been a question around um, that was asked of me, how I approach physical illness. What do I do? What do I go to? Do I only rely on energetics? What are my kind of processes? So um, we will be coming back, Beth, with a discussion around that because I have, uh, there's a lot of people that I um, uh, meet that have that same level of anxiety regarding health. And I think that would be a really powerful discussion. So if you're happy to come back, totally another totally here for share it. a bit more of you for, totally. your, for your fan club out there. <laughs> yep, I'm here for it. Yes. And there's also a podcast that we want to do a little bit more around um, purpose. We had Rachel Stellar on really speaking to the human design aspects of purpose and how a lot of it is is visible through um, understanding your design. But people kind of more so want to know how I got to my kinesiology um, and sense of service and purpose beyond just the narrative and story. So that'll be another podcast coming up. So we've got, and I'd love you to, you know, be a, be a co-host on that one too, Beth. So that'll keep your fan club happy as well. Anything I love it. Else? I love asking all the questions. You love, you're a good question asker and your little tidbits of, of reflection are beautiful. Anything else on your heart that feels important to share around this topic of consideration, communication, standards, expectations, boundaries, relationships, ego? No, but I'd love to hear what that brings up for people. Um <laughs> because I think that, that there's a lot in that that I hopefully resonates with everyone. So let us know how you feel. Yeah, do let us know. Get in touch any way you want to. All right, over and out until next time. See you. Thanks. Bye. Mm -hmm.